Hello, this is Dan Sandoval, Senior Editor for the Recycling Today Media Group. The following is part one of a two-part podcast series with Steve Silver and Matt Nightingale with Future Mark Paper. The first part of this podcast series, uh, Steve and Matt will discuss Future Mark's recent acquisition of Mastique Paper, the only company in North America producing high-value, uncoated printing and writing paper exclusively from 100% recycled fiber. This podcast series also will touch on the volatility in the recovered fiber pricing industry and what this means for both mills as well as recyclers. Give a listen. Uh, yeah, this is Dan Sandoval, Senior Editor for the Recycling Today Media Group. And uh, today we are speaking to uh, Steve Silver, President and CEO of Future Mark Paper Company and Manistique Paper, and Matt Nightingale, Vice President of Business Development and Strategic Fiber Sourcing for Future Mark Paper and Manistique Paper. First of all, I, uh, for the either of you, I'd like to ask you, how does the acquisition of Manistique Paper, which just took place just quite recently, fit in with Future Mark's uh, Future Mark Paper's operations? Hi, Dan. It's uh, Steve Silver, and uh, first of all, thanks uh, for that. Uh, it, it's fitting it very well, and you know, the way we looked at it is um, when we bought FutureMark uh, almost three years ago, our belief was that there's a growing trend uh, among uh, corporate buyers, especially big Fortune 500 corporate buyers, to green up all of their purchasing and, and make more sustainable purchasing. And with FutureMark being the only um, producer of 100% of coated recycled paper in North America, we might be able to, to market uh, that to, to these Fortune 500 companies. So that worked quite well for us. And when Manistique became available, we were very interested because Manistique does nearly the same thing. They are the only supplier of 100% recycled, uncoated paper for high brightness uh, printing applications. So what okay. we now have between the two companies is a much broader array, uh, array of product choices, and we can be more of a full-line supplier to our customers uh, as opposed to just a niche supplier. All right. I know that uh, FutureMark just recently uh, acquired Mastic, but um, in a short period of time, are there any immediate plans to make any significant changes to Manistique's operations, uh, including changing the raw material furnished, the end product, anything along those lines? Um, there are no plans to change the management or the way they do business. Um, they, they do it, frankly, quite well, and they were running, uh, they, they were profitable even during the bankruptcy. Um, the, we are looking very closely at, uh, at finding synergies in between the purchasing of the two mills. And, for instance, in the area of recycled paper that I'm sure your readers are very interested in, between the two mills, we're purchasing just about 300,000 tons a year of, uh, of recycled fiber. And Dan, this is Matt Nettingill. Also, there's a very good technology, uh, probably some of the industry best technology between these two mills and de-inking chemistry. So we're sharing a lot of that expertise, and that certainly will improve and help us diversify uh, the type products we can make uh, as we share that technology. So that's an, a big area of focus. And Manistique certainly has uh, shown in the past that they have the capability to branch out into new products. They've, they've been able to develop high-bright papers out of recycled fiber, which no one else has been able to do. And they've recently been successful in producing a uh, craft packaging product line, and uh, we expect that to grow going forward. All right. 
Uh, with the purchase of Manistee, your company is going to be a significant consumer of recovered fiber in the, in the Midwest, especially some of the higher grades. Is there concern over the availability of the material to feed uh, both of these mills? Uh, not in our part. Um, we, uh, we have no trouble uh, sourcing uh, material, and, uh, and, and frankly, we, uh, you know, over the past uh, six or eight months, we've had a number of, uh, of, of new um, suppliers come to us uh, offering to, uh, you know, wishing to supply us with, uh, with recycled fiber. Yes, and if you think of these two mills, we not only buy a significant quantity, but we buy different types of fiber uh, to satisfy our, our needs. And we're known as a reliable and consistent buyer, so we can uh, deliver on our forecasts, and, and that's something that uh, the suppliers uh, really, really do like. The other, the other advantage we have is our locations. We're right in the middle of a very large uh, waste paper collection uh, area, and it's uh, very easy from a transportation standpoint to get to both locations. Yeah, I, I think Matt makes a very good point. Um, you know, uh, over the past six or eight months, the uh, the market, you know, the international market for uh, for waste paper has uh, has certainly weakened, and I think that's helped uh, customers like us demonstrate that, that we're a buyer day in and day out, week in, month in and out uh, every day all the time, not just at certain times. Um, and uh, we, we think uh, a number of suppliers really uh, really start to has started to value that. Steve, I know at our, um, at, when you've spoken at our conference in the past and even when we've talked before, you, you seem to mention that quality is, continues to be a major concern for paper mills. Not just your paper mill, but probably in general, the paper industry in general, struggling with the quality quality concerns of the of the recovered fiber. First of all, is the quality level degrading? And if it is, what steps, if any, can a company such as FutureMark or another paper company uh, take to ensure that a quality material is shipped to your facility? Well, uh, there's no doubt that single source quality is um, declining and. Um, you know, and sometimes not. Sometimes it's uh, it's not even useful for for mills like ours anymore because it's uh, so contaminated. Um, and what we have done really over the past year, year and a half, is set up new sources uh, for our post-consumer waste or ONT sources that that are much cleaner. Uh, a, a big part of that is our own neighborhood collection efforts, which have built up, uh, you know, quite well over the past year and a half since we started the program. And because we're controlling and educating our own consumers who are bringing in waste paper, uh, they know what, what we want and how we want it, and, and that source is very clean. We've also found some new sources, some new suppliers um, who, uh, who, who collect much, much cleaner uh, paper for us. Another large part uh, of this is collaboration. We collaborate very closely with the uh, generator as well as the uh, broker to make sure there's a fit, make sure we're getting the right material. Uh, again, we buy a lot of different types of materials because of all the different products we make. And we find sometimes uh, if, you, if you're really not close to understanding what the capabilities are on both ends of the supply chain, you can sometimes just not have the right material and, uh, and, and, the, and the quality is just not a fit. So that's the other effort we have is really understanding the, the source and making sure they understand the products that we make. 
In addition to the quality concerns, I know another area that is of concern for a lot of paper mills, including, again, FutureMark, is volatile pricing. Um, it continues to be a challenge for the paper industry. Uh, setting a budget when you have prices that may, may change by uh, $20, $30 or more in a monthly basis. What steps can a company such as FutureMark take to smooth out its, its pricing model? Or should I should say the, the traditional or the historical way the pricing was established. Well, I'm sure, Dan, as, as you and your readers know, the, the historical method is, is really a monthly spot market with um, supposed experts telling us what the price should be each month and then everyone adjusting their prices you know, within 10 or $20 of that. Um, and, uh, and, and those prices have been hugely volatile, especially during 2011, uh, making it, as you said, very hard for a mill like ours to budget what our cost is, but it also makes it very hard for a generator or a broker or a collector to budget what they could sell their fiber for. So when prices are high, mills like us have a big problem, but when prices are low like they are today, generators and collectors have a big problem because sometimes the cost of collection exceeds what you can sell the paper for. So um, I think the, the critical development here is that for the second time in four years the waste paper market pricing crashed. And that's disabused an awful lot of uh, generators of the notion that the price will move upwards and onwards no matter what happens because of uh, Asian purchases. I think two collapses in four years pretty clearly say you can't count on that anymore. And also, if you graph out the pricing of almost any grade of waste paper over the past five or six years, you'll find that there are clear con and consistent peaks at which um, the uh, mills go out of business and, and Asians stop buying. And, and then there's a followed by a crash. And the crash goes down to a level where a generator can't afford to pick it up anymore. So the prices stay within these very clearly defined peaks and valleys, and they have for, for quite a number of years. And we thought it was much more logical to say to people, look, uh, the average price holds. At the end of 12 months, you'll end up with the same money if you use the average. But both of us would be able to budget. And, uh, and we'll commit to buying month in and month out at those levels. And we found uh, quite a number of, of uh, generators and collectors who, uh, who, who, who were willing to do that. And we have, um, we've now got about half of our annual purchase uh, tied up. Uh, in long-term, stable-priced uh, contracts. Are you aware? Are, do any other companies, uh, paper companies, do anything similar to this? I, I'm not aware of anything off the top of my head. Uh, nor are we, and, and nor is Reese. So, so we think this this may be a first um, in North America. I understand that some of it has been done uh, in Europe and Asia. All right. Certainly, and, and you might know this better than we do. Some of the collectors offer or win contracts from generators by offering guaranteed prices over a time period. Um, so all we're doing is, is mimicking that at the other end of the market. 